my friend and I would, you know, watch movies, right. And then try out the moves on each other. I can remember even building like a pair of wooden nunchucks that we would hurt ourselves with. So no, I always loved it as a kid. Welcome to the Ripple Effect Martial Arts Podcast. Okay, everybody, welcome to episode 12 of the Ripple Effect Martial Arts Podcast. And today I'm really excited to have a karate dad. That's not just a meme like dad jokes or something, but it's a real thing. And it's a perspective that you gain in training with your kids or participating in your kids' training uh, along the course to black belt. So very happy to have Mr. AJ Tafano with us. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Did you have any experience in martial arts before you came to Ripple Effect? Limited. You know, I, I actually did for about a year in my early 20s, uh, a fairly similar Taekwondo. It was something that a coworker who was, uh, I think, a second degree black belt just decided to start kind of teaching. We had a, had a gym where I worked at the time. And, uh, and so I you know, did that for about a year. So I had a had a, had a bit of an idea about things, but, you know, in my early twenties and establishing a career, I had a lot of different priorities too. So it was, you know, it was a different experience, but yeah, that was really it. And did you have any kind of fascination? What brought you to that first experience with martial arts? Well, yeah, I mean, personally, I've always enjoyed karate movies and I can remember actually as a kid growing up in, in rural uh, New York, my friend and I would, you know, watch movies, right. And, and try out the moves on each other. I can remember even building like a pair of wooden nunchucks that we would hurt ourselves with. So no, I always loved it as a kid, but actually what got us through the, through the door ripple effect was, um, you know, there was a promotion, I think it, I think at my kid's elementary school, you know, like spin the wheel and, and you could, you know, get um, some, some lessons. And so my daughter was, uh, Caitlin was excited about it. Right. It was interesting. I had, I had seen ripple effect and heard about it before. And I actually considered, signing the kids up, but that was really what I, you know, provided the opportunity. The experience of first walking through the door, can you describe what that was like? Right. Yeah, it was, it was actually pretty funny. I remember because, um, you know, you, you, as soon as we walked through the door and, you know, our, our, I think those first few steps, there was a class in session. I think it was an upper belt class, but it was loud, right? I mean, it was, you know, your standard loud kicks, punches, yelling, and, and uh, the intensity was high, right? And uh, I watched both my kids on either side of me actually kind of take a take a step back and kind of you know uh, flinch a little. Like, and I remember thinking at the time, like, well, I don't know if this is the right fit for these guys or not, <laughs> you know. And so uh, I thought, well, let's see how they respond. And and uh, you know, it was great actually. You know, we went and had a chat with uh, Mr. Robinson at the time, and and uh, you know, he's obviously great with kids. And um, you know, immediately you watch them kind of be put at ease. Uh, you know, and, and laughing and, and getting excited about the prospect of it. And it just, you know, followed on from there when they were on the mat, they had a great time. And it was, you know, we knew that was instantly uh, going to be fun for the kids. Are Jacob and Caitlin, do they, res- so you just described how they responded to that intensity and that volume in the school, generally speaking, are, are they more reserved or? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, you know, both kids, I would say are fairly reserved. So it's not their natural, it wasn't their natural inclination, you know, or, or, you know, getting out and uh, kicking and punching things. I mean, otherwise than the normal brother, sister stuff occasionally, but yeah. <laughs> what did you feel like your role was in that encouragement in that initial stage of, of, of them doing karate? Yeah. You know, when it started, I guess I didn't probably know what to expect. I didn't probably didn't fully understand, you know, um, what ripple effect offered in terms of not just the, you know, the, the, 
the Taekwondo curriculum, right, and the self-defense, but also, you know, all the leadership aspects and, and the community, actually. Now, to be honest, actually, it was probably the community that as I watched, even that first few weeks um, and, and getting to know the instructors that I really liked. And I really thought, you know, from an environment that you want your kids to be sort of immersed in is what uh, really cemented it for me. And, you know, kind of giving this, them this opportunity to maybe come out of their shell a little bit, test their leadership skills. And then it almost for a little bit became like, it was almost like the Taekwondo for a bit was secondary, right? You know? And so it, that was what I really liked about it. And that was ultimately, they were about maybe two belts in about four months in or so when, you know, Mr. Robinson kept saying, Hey, you should consider getting out on the mat, come and join us. And finally I was like, you know, okay, let's do it myself. And actually my wife, we, we both joined in. So we did it as a family. Yeah. That's been really neat because I don't know of very many opportunities where you can do something like that altogether. You know, <laughs> the way that you put it in your email was I'm not just shouting from the sidelines, but yeah. I'm participating and the word that you used was uh was it authenticity or that that you have credibility credibility in doing these things with your kids versus shouting at them to do it what's a initial experience so they started before you then you got out on the mat obviously you're a lower rank than your kid right. were they excited right. to have you in class yeah oh absolutely um they're really excited and, and also excited to um you know teach us right i mean that's that's kind of a neat place where, you know, you are kind of behind your kids and they um, need to help bring you up to speed. Right. And we had to kind of accelerate a bit to eventually catch them. And uh, yeah, so that was, that was a lot of fun. And you could tell they really latched onto that idea. You know, I kind of back to the email discussion, the kids have done other sports or other things in the past. And, you know, you felt like, well, you know, you could tell them after the game, well, Hey, I saw you doing this. Maybe you should consider doing this. And, and it's, you know, you get the head nods and I can remember this is the same thing as a kid, but you know, I'm not out there doing it with them and, and it's not, you know, it's not as applicable, but, but when you're uh, doing this all together, and I think also when they can see that maybe you're struggling with something, right. And, and they can appreciate that if they're having a hard time learning a new form or a technique and they can see that maybe I am too, I think that helps them, you know, feel a little bit better about it and, and that we, you know, can kind of work on these things together. Do you feel that encouragement from them? What's something that uh, Jacob or Caitlin has taught you or helped you improve? Oh yeah. Um, well, there's, we all keep each other accountable. Like that's probably the big thing, right? If, you know, there's definitely been times where, you know, I get really busy with work or something and I'm, and I'm struggling to keep up and, uh, you know, we all got to get to class together. We all are in the same place and we need to be helping each other. And so, so at different times, I think we've all kept each other accountable. You know, I, there's a desire for me to, to keep up with them and, and show the, show the kids that I can do this. I can, I can put in the work. And, uh, and I can, uh, you know, continue to, to be an example, right, for them. And that, that you know, you, you take that serious, right? You don't want to ever give them an impression that, oh, you know, I'm, I'm too tired to do this today. And so, because, uh, you know, they might follow suit. And so, so there, is, there is definitely that part of it. I had a funny experience. It wasn't super funny at the time. I was so nervous. But when I was testing for my black belt in that final black belt test, my daughter had earned her black belt the year before. So I started way later than her. And in the middle of the night in that last black belt test, the black belts had gone off to have a meeting. They convened, right? And then when they came back, after we'd been doing push-ups and squats and things like that for an hour, they came back and my daughter had this huge smile on her face and this mischievous kind of look in her eye. 
<laughs> and I was going, what's going on? And she goes, I can't say anything. And later what I found out was she was a participant in that convention amongst all the upper ranking black belts and everything on who would earn their, their black belt. So it was kind of this point of honor for her to be able to provide her perspective on whether I'd earned it. I'm luckily I got it. But, uh, Absolutely. A great story about Caitlin preparing a nunchuck form for a, a tournament and in terms of confidence and accountability, can you just tell that story? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, this was the tournament maybe last fall, I think. Um, but she, you know, for her forums presentation, she was adamant she wanted to do nunchuck one, basically. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we, we learned that during red belt. So and at the time, I think we were brown belts. And so it was you know, maybe a little rusty. And, you know, I'm always with the kids. I try to balance that. Okay, hey, you really need to be practicing for that, but also let them figure it out, right? I, I don't want them to, uh, uh, I want, if they're, you know, not going to put in the work, I'd kind of like let them figure out what the repercussion of that is. So it's that gentle nudge, but not too much, right? And so it had been kind of the week, it was about a week before. And I said, hey, show me how things are coming. And so she walked me through it on check one. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, hmm, this she's not quite ready here. This is a bit, uh, a bit rusty. And so as a parent, you, you know, you want, you know, want your kids to su succeed and you start offering alternatives and Hey, you know, you're really good at, I can't remember. I named off a couple more recent forms. And have you considered maybe just doing that for the tournament instead? And, and uh, I could tell it was, you no, know, she was set on doing this. And so I said, listen, I think, you know, you got to get in some more time. I think you need to be practicing every day. Um, and it needs to be smoother and, and let me know if you need help. And uh, that was kind of it. I actually don't really think I worked with her again throughout the week leading up to it. And so uh, the day of the tournament arrives and she, you know, is, and actually this is, this is one I was, well, I had to watch from a distance and uh, she gets up, you know, bows, walks up, rattles off the presentation, you know, takes the pause. I remember for, to prepare herself and then goes in and just flawlessly goes through the form, right? There was no mistake. And you know, with nunchucks, it's really easy to just, miss a catch or, you know, or just, you know, not, not even the concern of forgetting something. It's more of just the, you know, the mechanics, right. And just nail it like every aspect. And she looked confident. Right. And so uh, she went on to win first in her group and, and that was it. So, and that's the thing I've realized um, about both my kids, but they, they can really rise to the occasion, you know, what you might not see in practice, but when they get out on the mat, it's been this way in testing, especially as well. If I've had any nerves about how they're going to do and they get out there and, and they just do well. And so, so it's, uh, and I, you know, I think, I don't know, it's a matter of their confidence. It's built over time, but um, yeah, it, that's been a neat thing to see. Does their independence surprise you? Like, are they able to draw upon resources that aren't you? Yeah. You know, my daughter particularly has, has become very independent, you know, and she's, she'll uh, just go start cooking dinner or working on, you know, she'll just be baking a cake by herself. You know, those types of things. It's just kind of funny to watch like, you know, what, what she's able to do. But one of the things I thought was neat recently, um, Jacob, you know, hasn't been all that involved in, in sports in the past or hasn't really found a sport that he enjoyed other than really Taekwondo up to this point. But he came home from school uh, this winter and said, oh, I went to the track and field meeting and I want to go out for track and field this year. And it was like, you know, we didn't even raise it. He found out about it, went to the meeting and said, I want to do this. And I thought, wow, that's great. We didn't have to lead him into this. He just said, this looks interesting. And then uh, 
he was all about it. He picked out which events he wanted to do um, and really enjoyed it. It did well, I think. And so that was definitely a case of the independence, the confidence, all that stuff, I think, spilling over into something else. What kind of track and field sports is he into? So I, yeah, I have to laugh. It's funny because, so I'm, I'm five, nine and my kids aren't going to get any height from me. Um, so, you know, Jacob's definitely on the, on the shorter end right now, and, but he decided he didn't want to do hurdles. And that was probably another one where I thought, hmm, really hurdles. Okay. Um, but you know, when I watched him at one of his first meets and he can jump, I mean, really it was, so it, the, you know, especially in middle school, the disparity in heights, especially across sixth to eighth grade is, is pretty big. But he's out there keeping up with kids that are, you know, a foot taller and really just clearing those things. He did the 100 and 200 hurdles and uh, long jump, uh, a few other events he's bounced between. But so, but yeah, the hurdles was actually really surprising how well, how well he was able to do. The thing I think about when I think about those activities are goals, right? Beating the goal in hurdles, number of hurdles, speed, and in long jump, the length of your jump, obviously. Is goal setting something that's always been important to you, or is it something that they've picked up at all through martial arts? Yeah, uh, that is a great question. And like early on, as watching sort of what Ripple Effect was all about and, and some of the lessons that it seemed like my, my kids would be able to pick up from this, it occurred to me that, um, you know, when I was their age, I probably never understood the, the benefit of really putting in the hard work for something, you know, setting a goal, but then also putting in the time an effort that requires to attain that goal. You know, I played sports growing up, but uh, good enough to kind of play on the team, but never really excel. And I don't remember myself really putting in a lot of time, you know, other than the pra required practices. And, and likewise, you know, it was probably at a later age, maybe even I think into college and getting, you know, in engineering school where all of a sudden things got hard. And, you know, it, you know, that realization of, wow, I've really got to knuckle down and put in the time uh, and, and I think that's probably for myself when I first learned that lesson and, and, and you start to see the reward of the hard work you put in and, and being able to kind of learn that lesson when you're younger, I think it just sets you up for success in so many areas. And so, it, I mean, if there's anything I want my kids to take away from, it's, it's that value of putting in the work, not being afraid of taking on something that's difficult. And, um, and you see the rewards of that. And because you're going to be faced with challenges throughout your life. And it's, it's a matter of how you choose to take that on. One of the things I think about a lot was part of my experience and my kids' experience in martial arts was for some people, it's difficult to imagine taking a hit. For other people, it's more difficult to imagine dealing a blow. Yes. Uh, do you fall on either side of that equation? Oh, I, no, I'm definitely in, in the latter. I'm not as worried about getting hit as I am, but just you know, hurting somebody else for sure. Um, yeah, that's probably one of my biggest challenges and, and inspiring is that. So two amateur psychologists trying to think about why is that dealing a blow? Like there's some sort of uh, idea of offense, right? right. Uh, or something. But in this Taekwondo martial arts context, there isn't. That's in a essence on the mat, what you're there to learn how to do. And ha have you come some way in uh, being more assertive through this process? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely something that just comes with time and practice. And um, you know, the mentality, right? If, if you're dealing a blow, it's it comes, you know, I think before you get into martial arts training, it's self defense, or it's it's um, you know, it, you're intending to 
to hurt somebody to get out of a situation, right? Whereas in, in sparring, that's you know not what it's about at all. It's it's um, you know it really is um, sort of a uh, you're you're with a, a partner and you're both working together to each other's advantage, right? You're trying to make each other better, and so um, you're not you know you're not trying to injure the other person. And so there's there's an aspect of I think getting better at control and understanding you know, I can go at a certain level and I'm not going to hurt somebody. Right. And, uh, kind of understanding, getting a feeling for that. And, uh, and also it's, it's a, I guess a communication between each, each partner as to, uh, here's the level I'd like to spar at, right. Here's the intensity I'd like to spar at and getting that, that kind of comfort. And so, you know, I definitely, you know, depending on the opponent, I still have times where, you know, maybe I'm a little reticent, right. And, and, to, you, you know, you go a little light, but I definitely think that's something that's, it gets gets better over time as you get a feeling for your own ability and what you, you know you can and can't do. Right. I I was sparring with a senior instructor kind of early on in my training, and we got to the end. I think it was a minute, and then another instructor was clapping and calling time, and you shifted partners. And that senior instructor just said, "Well, we just danced because neither of us threw a blow. He, he was trying to teach me, and so he wasn't just overwhelming." Mm-hmm. The whole time I was too reticent to to throw right. anything. I'll never forget that. Going, well, I'm going to try to throw some more blows. I like what you said about control. Do you think that they've learned a sense of their own power and how to control it? Yeah, um, yeah that's a good question. And I think my kids, you know, kids can be very different. I think between my my daughter, she was definitely the more aggressive one, and she likes to just come in with a flurry of punches and. And, uh, you know, definitely she's was more gung ho, whereas my son's probably a little more like me, right. A little bit reserved. And, uh, that took a little bit more doing. And I think I've seen, you know, with both of them, definite improvements in that. And whereas, you know, I think, uh, you know, Jacob's definitely much more assertive and sparring and gets in there a lot more than he did initially. Uh, Caitlin, I've definitely seen her come in now with, you know, a little bit more control and technique and less of the sort of Tasmanian devil sparring approach that I would say you start with. You definitely seen growth of that. It's been, well, it's been really nice in the last, what, maybe six months that we've been able to kind of uh, get back into this too a lot more. And so it, it, interestingly with all the technique work we've done, even if we weren't doing a lot of sparring, they made a big step recently, I think. You use the term muscle memory when they respond with a yes, sir, for example. Do you think that this experience in karate training has translated to home and the way that they act and control their volume and, and everything? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, that was the fun thing actually initially it was the yes sirs, the yes ma'am, because it's not just a, uh, it's just it's a simple phrase. It was, you, you know, if you ask me to do something, the an- acknowledgement uh, that comes with the yes sir and then the doing is, is the thing I, I've noticed with the kids probably more. So uh, it's not the, uh, oh, hey, I need you to go clean your room or do the dishes. It's not the, yeah, yeah, it's the yes sir. It's, it's the going and actually taking the action and in uh, taking care of it. And so like the, the, the respect aspect, I, I think is, is good. And I see their interactions with like other adults, for example. Um, and I know, you know, this has really helped. You guys are testing for your black belts in the fall is that the plan that's right yeah we're uh we're starting sort of our next prep cycle here in a few weeks and testing for certified in, in november yeah so talk to parents who don't or any student who doesn't know what is the prep cycle experience like <laughs> what has it been like for you yeah it's been 
<laughs> it's been a neat experience. So, you know, let's see, I guess we've gone through now two testing weekends and we've just gone through kind of in the winter into spring, our uh, high brown belt prep cycle. And I think we were all, you know, myself included, a bit nervous going into that prep cycle. We've heard, you know, the amount of time that goes into it and the physical um, uh, requirements and expectations that go along with it as well. And so, you know, I think we all entered it maybe, uh, you know, a little nervous and what to expect. And I think as a parent, you know, you're just a little worried for your kids. Like, how are they going to rise to the occasion? Uh, how are they going to handle the, the, the physical stuff? It's, boy, it's been so fun to watch and, and do it with them. The, the first few prep cycle classes are sort of a shock to the system, right? They're, they're pretty intense. Uh, you know, they're long it's, and it's um, draining, right? It's really tiring and, and, and mentally challenging of all the things that you have to remember. And not just, not just remembering your forms, but you've got to start to, you know, execute the right stances, the exact right punches. It's, and so watching how quickly they kind of settled into this routine of, you know, Saturdays, weeknights, you know, the extra lower belt classes, there was very little groaning and, and, and or, or grumbling about it. It was actually, um, you know, I think they pretty quickly learned that, okay, I can handle this and I'm willing to put in the time. And uh, so it was kind of fun watching them develop. And actually, you really see the step function in technique with the kids. I always think, you know, it's, it's a little bit easier for adults you know, are you doing forms or techniques to, to have proper form, right? You have sort of, you know, a little bit better coordination, muscle, you know, all these things that are required. And so I always kind of, as I practice with my kids, I thought, oh boy, that's, I don't know about that front stance or, oh, you know, that's supposed to be a back stance, not a front stance, all these things. that And um, that was the area where, boy, I just saw such a, a change in the kids and, and in terms of how their ability to do a you know, deep front stance and know in the form that this is a transition from one stance to the other. And, uh, you know, how quickly they kind of latched onto that, you know, doing the three of us just doing Chun Ji, you know, in the, in the basement and being imperfectly in sync, right? So it's been, uh, it's been neat to see. So I've been really impressed how they, how they rose to the challenge and actually kind of, you know, enjoyed it, right? The second immersion weekend that we did compared to the first, you know, they, they, they looked great. They, they, they were, of course, we're all exhausted, but, you know, they held up and those, those late night sessions, they, you know, they persevered through something that was really hard. Yeah, it's just been, it's been a great experience. It's been super hard. It's funny that the kids, they both have this, I can tell when they're tired and I've seen this in some of the late night sessions that the, when they start hiccuping, <laughs> they've done this since they were little kids, but uh, I get to be like, you know, 1130 at night and we're going through a form and it's, you know, it's punch, aim, hiccup. <laughs> and, uh, it's uh it's like okay guys you're doing great <laughs> wow that's great that's something only a parent would would know remember and laugh at that that's hilarious yeah how how are they at the organizational aspects so you have a for people who don't know this you have a lot of weapons different uniforms so many things journals to schedules to keep track of while you're testing at one of these three-day black belt tests and as a parent, that was something that always concerned me. It was very at the front of my mind. Do we both have everything that we need? But have they learned anything as far as that goes? Like how to keep track yeah. of that, Actually, yeah, that is um, that was a challenge for a long time, right? Making sure you're prepared and have all of your equipment ready to go out the door at the right time. I mean, I think this is like, that's like a classic parenting problem is just anytime you want to go somewhere, do we have everything? Do you have your coat? Do you have your shoes? Right. And so, and this is, 
you know, like 10 times that is to you, is your bag, you have everything in your bag that you need, you have your sparring gear, you have your weapons, right? Uh, your notebook. And so, um, you know, my kids, I would say are probably at different, different levels in all honesty of where they're at with that. I think my daughter is very organized, you know, and, and you know, ready, ready to go. Um, I think it continues to be an area where uh, my son's probably working on it, but they both improved, you know, there's definitely been a lot less on me anymore of having to actually go and, you know, how you only didn't have that. I got to go get this. Right. And so, you know, I'd say more often than not, they're prepared now and ready to go and have everything there. And so it's funny, it's such a simple thing, but that's such a huge life skill and such a common, I think, parenting challenge. Right. Oh yeah. Something every parent wants is for their kids to be out the door before they are kind of with everything. Right. Well, to get back to karate movies, what, <laughs> What's one of your favorite Kung Fu karate martial arts movies? Oh boy. You know, <laughs> we used to find, I had a, a, a good neighborhood friend lived a couple of doors down from me and we used to find all these, you know, crazy different karate movies. And of course you can always fall back on karate kid. That was a big one, but um, we used to, you know, watch all these dubbed Bruce Lee movies. <laughs> there was this really cheesy movie that I'd love to track down uh, to see now as an adult, but it was, it was called The Last Dragon. It was like this, I don't know, movie set in the city and a guy that was training and he would, you know, he got to the point where he's so good that he would glow. And all I remember is like, we would imitate, you know, all the fighting scenes out of that movie. And I'm sure I'd watch it now and just cringe and think how cheesy it was. But, uh, you, know, uh, you know, those are some of the memories I had as a, as a kid. You ever try to imitate any of the uh, choreography there? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I try to wait till I'm on, on the mat there. But the fun thing, I watch about that show and, and see the level of damage these kids are doing to each other and think, wow, that, you know, <laughs> that would never hold up in real life. <laughs> well, if there's anything to be said for a martial arts education, that's it. You know, what you see in the movies doesn't always work out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. Thank you for listening to the Ripple Effect Martial Arts Podcast. Find episodes and more at rippleeffectmartialarts.com.